Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Romans chapter 10, verses 2 and 3. It is a very different thing to live for God than to live with God. These zealous people mentioned above in our opening passage lived for God, and they got it very wrong. The disciples, however, lived with God for three years, and then daily in the Spirit thereafter, and got it right. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, we read this, But Jesus beheld them, and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Not everything that we try to do for God is possible or will work out. In fact, many people throughout history have done many terrible things in God's name, and he surely was not in it, nor will he endorse it. And even more, do many seemingly good things in his name, and he still is not in it. And they do not understand that in putting their trust in their own vain imaginations or what they think is right or their own righteousness, that more often than not, they are found to actually be working against him. Do not trust in your own logic, intellect, ambition, or understanding. Yet everything that we do with God, no matter how seemingly big, small, or impossible, it will work out with amazement and wonders to perform. Therefore, work with the Lord, not for. It is a partnership, not a platform. A marriage covenant, not a one-man war. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, that many shall say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Jesus warned us that many who move in ministry and did many wonderful works in his name would miss heaven altogether because that they weren't truly his. They did what they thought was right, living for him by zeal. Yet it wasn't right. They were not doing his will. And they didn't even know it because they did not know him. Therefore, were they not known 
by him. He literally told them, I never knew you. Now we understand that God is omnipotent. He knows everything and everyone. What this word actually means is an intimate relationship like between a wife and a husband, a daily fellowship and abiding. Like in scripture many times where it says that, for example, Adam knew his wife. There was a living together, an abiding, a fellowshipping, a relationship, intimacy. They knew each other personally. It denotes a personal, attentive, active, caring, present relationship to live with him, not just for him. Jesus makes it very clear that this is a requirement in John chapter 15, verse 13, when we read, Now ye are clean through the word, which I have spoken unto you. Therefore, abide in me. This is a very interesting thing. They are cleansed by the washing of the water of the word because he tells us that only the truth can set you free. My friend, you have to come and abide with him daily to hear from him, to get a rhema, to get the logo, to open the word, to read it, to believe it, to let it remain within you in faith every day, pursuing him, knowing that you need him and that you are nothing without him. The minute you think you can do it on your own or go out and achieve it, you walk away from the presence and the very source of your ability. You start moving in your own righteousness. And as the scripture tells us that if we do not seek him, we will not do what is right. And that means seek him daily. Not just to get a destination and then go out and try to find it or you'll end up lost in the wilderness and dragging a congregation of people around with you in the process. You've got to come to him every single day for that manna, that substance, that fresh bread from heaven. Oh, give us, Lord, this day our daily bread, which is Jesus. Ask and you shall receive, but you better ask every day and you better spend some time on your knees and wait and cherish and reverence and hunger and thirst for your time with the king. Because he told his disciples that for now you are clean through the words which I have spoken unto you, but abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. Neither then can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branch. He that abideth in me, and I in him. It is this person that will bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, my friend. It doesn't say that you can't do anything. It says you can do nothing. You can do a whole lot that will amount to nothing. You will weary yourself and men in the fire in vain, and you will lead men to hell in the process that will stand before Christ on that final day and said, we did many wonderful works in your name, even in ministry. And he will say, depart from me. I don't know you personally. 
Did you just trust what somebody else said? Did you follow your intellect? Did you trust in your own righteousness? Oh, you had a zeal, but it wasn't according to the knowledge of God. It was according to your own knowledge. Did you humble yourself and have enough faith to seek me? To believe that I am God and a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. Because that takes humility. To know that you're nothing and can only do things that will amount to nothing without me. He said, if a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch. That means you once were connected, but no longer. You will dry up and die and he will separate you from the true body of Christ. Oh, it may be a shell of what formerly was. It may look something like. The real thing, but it will not have any life in it. It won't produce the fruits of the Spirit. It will be like the dead staves of the people who challenged Aaron in the time of Moses. When the people said to Moses, Who are you and who are Aaron? Do you think you are that you have chosen yourselves to be leaders over us? And the Lord said, I will prove that my anointing are on these two. So he took Aaron's staff and he placed it in the tabernacle before the Lord and the staves of each of the other heads of the other families. You see, the staff represents your family, your name, your authority. And the next day, all the rest of them were still dry, dead sticks. But his, the one the Lord had chosen and anointed and appointed, it had life in it. It had budded. It had produced almonds miraculously overnight and leaves. There was life in this dead stick. It had the power of resurrection in it. It was a similitude of the coming Jesus who would be that resurrected life that would come out of the bloodline of Jesse. But it also represented the anointing that was upon God's chosen. Those who had spent time in his presence walking in obedience. Not those who followed their own vain imaginations and wanted some gifts, positions, and quick importations. God trusted those that were willing to wait upon the Lord with faithfulness. They weren't wishy-washy. They weren't back and forth. They stayed in his presence. They followed his leading. They trusted his teachings. They were humble before the king. They let him be king over them. They let him rule them daily because they trusted in him completely. Jesus says, those that do not abide in me, I will cast them forth as a branch that is withered. And men will gather them and will cast them into the fire. And they will be burned. This means that you can be disconnected and not make it into heaven. He says, but if you abide in me and my words abide in you, the truth, my friend, the truth, what he says is right, true righteousness. Seek him for it day and night with all your getting, get understanding as it says in the scriptures. He said, if my words abide in you, you shall ask me whatsoever ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you do bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the father hath loved me, 
so have I loved you. Continue ye therefore in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full, because, my friend, it has not even entered into the hearts of men the things that he has in store for those who love and trust him. Oh, give up your little plan and ambition, and grab hold of the promises and resources of the kingdom of heaven. You will have joy everlasting if you trust in what he is giving. But you're going to have to give up what you think in order to receive it. Because you can only come to him through humility. He says, this is my commandment to you, that you love one another. But he makes it very specific, not as the world loves, he says, but as I have loved you. How did he love us? He was willing to give the truth to us knowing that that's what we need to be set free. He was willing to even die, to sacrifice, to be despised and rejected, to be stripped and humiliated, to be cursed, spat upon, battered, beaten, bruised, and crucified in order to release that truth to us that maybe a few might receive it, believe it, and be set free by it. That is the kind of love that he asks us to walk in and be a demonstration of. How do I know that with all assurity? Because right after he says to love one another as he has loved us, he follows it with this sentence. He says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. And then he says this most amazing thing to his disciples. He says, you are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have of my Father, I have made known unto you. What an amazing thing that he spoke to these mere men who chose to live with him and not just for him, who chose to lay down their own pride and intellect and walk in the humility of giving up their life to serve a king that most would not believe or receive, but for the hope that was set before them that they might bring to him in glory the rewards of his suffering in the faithful few that they were willing to suffer and sacrifice and be ridiculed to bring the truth to that might grab hold and believe and be truly set free. Oh, my friend, without God, you can do nothing, but with God, you can do great, mighty, miraculous, impossible things. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.